Part 4, Propositions 11 to 15 of The Ethics by Spinoza. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by OK. The Ethics by Benedict de Spinoza. Translated by R. H. M. Elways. Part 4, Propositions 11 to 15. Proposition 11. An emotion towards that which we conceive as necessary is, when other conditions are equal, more intense than an emotion towards that which possible, or contingent, or non-necessary. Proof. In so far as we conceive a thing to be necessary, we to that extent affirm its existence. On the other hand, we deny a thing's existence in so far as we conceive it not to be necessary. Part 1, Proposition 33, Note 1. Wherefore, Part 4, Proposition 9, an emotion towards that which is necessary is, other conditions being equal, more intense than an emotion that which is non-necessary. Quod erat demonstrandum. Proposition 12, an emotion towards a thing which we know not to exist at the present time and which we conceive as possible is more intense, other conditions being equal, than an emotion towards a thing contingent. Proof. In so far as we conceive a thing as contingent, we are affected by the conception of some further thing, which would assert the existence of the former. Part 4, Definition 3. But on the other hand, we by hypothesis conceive certain things which exclude its present existence. But in so far as we conceive a thing to be possible in the future, we thereby conceive things which assert its existence. Part 4, Definition 4. That is, Part 3, Proposition 18, things which promote hope or fear, wherefore an emotion towards something possible is more vehement. Quod erat demonstrandum. Corollary. An emotion towards a thing which we know not to exist in the present, and which we conceive as contingent, is far fainter than if we conceive the thing to be present with us. Proof. Emotion towards a thing which we conceive to exist is more intense than it would be if we conceive the thing as future. Part 4, Proposition 9, Corollary. And is much more vehement than if the future time be conceived as far distant from the present. Part 4, Proposition 10. Therefore, an emotion towards a thing whose period of existence we conceive to be far distant from the present is far fainter than if we conceive the thing as present. It is nevertheless more intense than if we conceive the thing as contingent, wherefore an emotion towards a thing which we regard as contingent will be far fainter than if we, if we conceive the thing to be present with us. Quod erat demonstrandum. Proposition 13. Emotion towards a thing contingent, which we know not to exist in the present, is, other conditions being equal, fainter than an emotion towards a thing past. Proof. In so far as we conceive a thing as contingent, we are not affected by the image of any other thing which asserts the existence of the said thing. Part 4, Definition 3. But on the other hand, by hypothesis, we conceive certain things excluding its present existence. But in so far as we conceive it in relation to time past, 
we are assumed to conceive something which recalls the thing to memory, or excites the image thereof. Part 2, Proposition 18, and Note, which is so far the same as regarding it as present. Part 2, Proposition 17, Corollary. Therefore, Part 4, Proposition 9, an emotion towards a thing contingent, which we know does not exist in the present, is fainter, other conditions being equal, than an emotion towards a thing past. Quod erat demonstrandum. Proposition 14. A true knowledge of good and evil cannot check any emotion by virtue of being true, but only in so far as it is considered as an emotion. Proof. An emotion is an idea, whereby the mind affirms of its body a greater or lesser force of existing than before, by the general definition of the emotions. Therefore, it has no positive quality which can be destroyed by the presence of what is true. Consequently, the knowledge of good and evil cannot, by virtue of being true, restrain any emotion. But in so far as such knowledge is an emotion, part 4, proposition 8, if it have more strength for restraining emotion, it will to that extent be able to restrain the given emotion. Quod erat demonstrandum. Proposition 15. Desire arising from the knowledge of good and bad, can be quenched or checked by many of the other desires arising from the emotions whereby we are assailed. Proof. From the true knowledge of good and evil, in so far as it is an emotion, necessarily arises desire. Definition of the emotions. 1. The strength of which is proportion to the strength of the emotion wherefrom it arises. Part 3, Proposition 37. But inasmuch as this desire arises, by hypothesis, from the fact of our truly understanding anything, it follows that it is also present with us, in so far as we are active. Part 3, Proposition 1. And must therefore be understood through our essence only. Part 3, Definition 2. Consequently, Part 3, Proposition 7, its force and increase can be defined solely by human power. Again, the desires arising from the emotions whereby we are assailed are stronger in proportion as the said emotions are more vehement, wherefore their force and increase must be defined solely by the power of external causes, which, when compared with our own power, indefinitely surpass it. Part 4, Proposition 3. Hence, the desires arising from like emotions may be more vehement than the desire which arises from a true knowledge of good and evil, and may consequently control or quench it. Quod erat demonstrandum. End of Part 4, Propositions 11 to 15. Recording by OK.